Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. As Christ followers, we have a powerful responsibility to love, comfort, and encourage those in our life. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will speak on the opportunity that presents itself in the last days for Christians to show the love of Jesus. How are you being the fragrance of Christ in your spheres of influence? Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 5th, 2023. Let no one despise you. The inference that when you teach these things, Exhort, rebuke, with your God-given authority, you're going to be despised. Ask Jeremiah about that. We refer to this as the blessed hope, and, and please, I know, I hope you don't tire of me trying to explain this. When we say blessed hope, it's not like, oh, I sure hope. No, it's more like this. My only hope is Jesus coming and taking me out of this evil and wicked and dying, Christ-rejecting world that I have long ago overstayed my welcome in. This world, not my home. I believe the Holy Spirit is prompting me to just kind of share this with you, and we'll turn a corner in a moment, but and bring it to a close. But one of the most profound effects of teaching these things, teaching Bible prophecy, is that it loosens the ever-tightening grip that we have on this world and the things of this world. Because when you teach these things, speak these things, exhort, rebuke with all authority, despite how they will despise you, but you remain faithful and true to preach Christ and Him crucified, the gospel, the good news that Jesus died, He was buried, He rose again, and He's coming back again. It brings it to the forefront, and everything else pales in comparison. Right now, like many of you, what comes to mind are those timeless classic hymns, the world behind me, the cross before me, though none go with me, yet I will follow. The things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and your grace. And this is what I believe God does and wants to do in our lives. He's always so gentle in the way that He does it. He just wants to loosen our tightening grip. Don't get too comfortable down here. I'm coming to take you to the place I prepared for you. 
the world hates your guts, but I love your guts. <laughs> the world hates you because the world first hated me, and by associate, you're guilty by association, which is why you're the recipient of such. The world is not your friend. Why are you trying to send a, you keep sending a friend request to the world. The world blocked you a long time ago. But I've sent you a friend request. The world's not your home. You're in it, not of it. Don't get too comfortable, because I'm coming to take you out. Because, truth be made known, J.D., that's your only hope. I mean, that's your only hope. Everything that's happening in this world, as evil as this world is becoming, the great wickedness rivaling the days of Noah, the days of Lot. I mean, I didn't intend to go this far, but just indulge me if you will, please. I wonder if in some regard we have not exceeded the evil and the wickedness of the days of Noah and Lot. And I only say that based on the technology of today. I only say that because of just the in-your-face wickedness of our day. Over the years, Psalm 119 has become a friend, like I'm sure it has for many of you. The longest chapter in all of the Bible, of course, the longest psalm. I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I forget, it's like a hundred and some seventy verses, but uh, only three of those verses don't mention the Word of God in them. But the whole psalm is about the Word of God, the Word of God. Penned by David, inspired by the Spirit. I, I've just been meditating on this psalm in my time with the Lord this last week. And, and one of the things that kind of jumped out at me was when David wrote this, you could almost hear the pain in the penning of these words. He was hurting. And when you read through it, kind of the, the, the common theme of it is, yeah, I'm hurting, but I have your word, and your word is a soothing, healing balm on my hurting, aching heart. So would it be okay if I just share with you two verses? out of Psalm 119, and encourage you to also maybe spend some time in this amazing psalm. One of them is 119 verse 49. This was huge. Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. Now please don't think for a second that David is reminding God because God forgot. God, you forgot your word to me, your servant. I was putting my hope, and you forgot? No. It's more like this. It had come to his remembrance. And it's almost like you're, you're sitting around, backyard, barbecue. Is that too much? Are you hungry? <laughs> and you're just talking story. 
and you're just kind of reflecting on some of the fond memories you have. And it's more like this, David, his intimate relationship as the sweet psalmist of Israel with his God. It's like he's saying, God, you remember when? He remember that time? Oh, that's right. And then as you get older, it's more like this. Was that 1956 or was that 1957? I don't remember. No, God remembers. Yeah, I do remember, David. I do remember my word to you, my servant. And he says, I remember your word to me, your servant, because it was your word to your servant upon which I based my hope, my only hope, because you gave me your word. And God can't break His Word. We call it the Word of God, but that's what it is, the Word of God. I know deeply profound. God has given you His Word. He can't break His Word. You have the Word of God. You've got God's Word. Now you can have my Word. I give you my Word. I shouldn't have used myself as an illustration. I'm the pastor. I should use somebody else, but not look at anybody when I do. But just, you know, a brother so-and-so. They give you their Word. Nah. We'll see. But when God gives you His Word, you can take it to the bank. Actually, don't take it to the bank right now. Not a good time. Verse 76, Psalm 119. This one in particular. Let, I pray, your merciful kindness be for my comfort, according to your word to your servant. Did you catch that? Mercy, kindness, comfort, I pray. If there was ever a day that we needed hope, we needed the kindness of God, which by the way, Romans 2, 4 says, it is the kindness of God that leads a man to repentance. If there was ever a day that I need the mercy of God, if there was ever a day that I need to be comforted by the Holy Spirit, if there was ever a day that I needed to remember God's word to me, His servant, that day is today. I pray, let I pray. Because you understand what's happening right now with everything in the world. People are getting beat down and weary because it takes a toll. The non-Christian knows nothing of this, by the way, because they're just going with the flow. But for the Christian, especially in this last hour, the spiritual warfare is off the charts. Why? Because Satan knows he has but a short time. That's why, by the way, your, your Christian marriage is being attacked. That's why your family, your kids are being attacked. That's why your relationships are under spiritual attack. It's a spiritual battle. This is spiritual warfare. Right up to the time. Bottom line, be encouraged. And be an encourager, by the way. 
Comfort others with the comfort you yourself received from the Lord. When you are going through what they are now going through, comfort them with the comfort that you were comforted with when the Lord comforted you. Just comfort them, encourage them, be an encourager. With everything that is against the Christian in these last days, we don't need each other to be against each other. Be an encourager, comfort one another, love one another, be be kinder, be kinder, and be merciful. Show mercy, you'll be shown mercy. This as all of us look forward to the blessed hope when the trumpet sounds at the pre-tribulation rapture and the dead in Christ rise first and all of those loved ones in Christ, absent from their body, present with the Lord. When that trumpet sounds, they get their new bodies first. We're going to get to see them again. When we see the Lord in the air. You don't want to talk about that? I do, because that really encourages me and comforts me and gives me something to look forward to. Because when you have that hope, isn't it true? When you have hope, you have that hope to look forward to. You take that hope away. Someone tries to steal your hope, like the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to steal your hope, kill your joy. He's a killjoy. Because he knows if he can steal your hope, then he's got you. No. I love how Paul says it in First Thessalonians chapter 4, after he talks about how the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up, raptured, harpazo in the Greek, rapturous in the Latin, and be together in the, in the, meet the Lord in the air and be together with the Lord forever. That's the rapture of the church. And then at the end of the chapter, the last verse again, last, last verse for the day, he says, therefore encourage one another with these words. The point being, People need to be encouraged by these words, because this is good news. And we could sure use some good news, right? And that's the gospel, the good news of salvation, found in the person of Jesus Christ. The ABCs of salvation, just a simple tool to share Jesus Christ with somebody Should you ever have the profound privilege of God bringing somebody into your path or on your phone after being on hold for customer support for 30 minutes? How do you know that the person who's going to finally take her call, who's been screamed at all day long by angry, irritable non-Christians, of course, How do you know that they took your call because God wants you to get Jesus to them and them to Jesus? You ever thought about that? I remember telling, and I was on hold a very long time, I didn't want to tell you, and there were moments, I have to confess, 
I know, like Paul said, what dwells in me, there dwelleth no good thing that is in my flesh. You know, and the phones now, you can see how long you've been on hold. 41 minutes and 28 seconds and counting. And then they finally pick up the phone. Of course, now I'm praying because I'm a very godly man. I said, okay, Lord, obviously you're doing something here. This person has probably had a really rough day. And how many people, if, if I've been on hold for this long, how many calls has the person that's going to take my call been on the receiving end of where the customer's been so irate? And they're just doing the best they can. So I remember saying to this gal one time, I said, you know, I can't even imagine how many angry, irate customers you deal with on a daily basis. I just want you to know I'm not going to be one of them. I could almost hear her start to cry. You're not. No. I wanted to. (laughs) But I won't. And I just you know, was very gracious, my word seasoned with grace. She was very good, solved my problem. And I just asked her, I said, is there anything at all that I could pray for you about? And that's when she lost it. And then I'm going to lose it. I was like, thank you, Lord. But I also had to say, forgive me, Lord, because I did have those thoughts that I was good. I was going to blast whoever took this call. But no, I'm not going to blast him. You want to save him. <laughs> you love him. It's a very simple template tool. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner. Otherwise, why would you need a Savior? Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. Nobody's good. You might be a good person, you'll never be good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. So now we've all sinned, we're guilty as charged, we're going to enter the sentencing phase, and the judge hands down the sentence, and it's the death sentence for the wages of sin is death. It's bad news. But here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice the contrast. Gift, wages. Wages you earn, gift you receive. You try to pay for that gift, it's a purchase. It's no longer a gift. No, He purchased you. You you have been purchased with the price. You are not your own. And He paid the price. How much should it cost? Everything. It cost Him this life to pay for the gift that He offers to you and to me, the gift of eternal life that He paid for in full. That's the A. Here's the B, and this is so central and so simple. (laughs) Believe. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe, Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
Romans 10, 9, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then this is what leads to the sea, lastly. It's the expression of what's in the heart, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and you confess with your mouth and you call upon the name of the Lord. This is what we talked about earlier. Unto salvation, Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. This is your knee bowing and your tongue confessing now for salvation, not then when it's too late for damnation. And lastly, Romans 10, 13 seals the deal. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's simple. That's the gospel. Today's But God testimony is actually just a short testimony of thanks from Darren Gay, who writes, Hello, dear JD. I'm simply sending a heartfelt thanks to you from Melbourne, Australia. (laughs) I love how Australians talk. Thank you for ushering myself and my dear friend Rosemary to Jesus. I like that's what we are, we're ushers. Did you know that you're all ushers? You usher people to Jesus. My friend Rosemary was the one who insisted I must watch and listen to this man, J.D., who God works through. (laughs) And I am so glad she did. God bless you, J.D. We are forever grateful, Darren and Rosemary. Imagine that. My abrupt closing is just dedicated to the Apostle John, who abruptly ended his first letter. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Father in heaven, thank you. Lord, search our hearts. See if there be anything at all that has crept in and kept us from hearing you, knowing you, loving you. And Lord, ever so gently, just put your finger on it, because we want it out. Surgically remove it from our hearts, from our lives. If it's taken your place in our lives, then Lord, it's become an idol and we're guilty of idolatry. If it's something maybe we've just kind of blown off and shined you on, but yet that still small, persistent, refining voice of the Holy Spirit keeps saying ever so gently, ever so lovingly, it's got to go, this has got to go, this has got to go. Lord, take it, remove it. Search our hearts, O Lord. We don't want to be numbered amongst those of whom it is said, something else or someone else is the object of their devotion and affection, and it's not you, Jesus. So thank you, Jesus. We love you so much, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And lastly, Jesus, please, please, 
come quickly. Maranatha. In Jesus' name, amen. We're so glad you joined us for this prophecy update on In Spirit and Truth. Do the things you hear about on this program cause you to feel unsettled? Perhaps there are too many things coming into play that make you stop and wonder if you're truly living in the end times. If that's the case, we hope that through these updates, you are reminded of God's faithfulness through His Word and that His promises will be fulfilled. This can be a benefit to you. Being around other believers can give you support regarding these things that are happening around you. If you're in the area and haven't found a church home yet, we invite you to come visit us and get to know the heart behind this ministry. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. If you'd like more information on joining us or for additional resources, go to jdfarag.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you'll find a Calvary link that will take you to the church's website. While you're at our website, be sure to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. Another interesting point of reference is a tab that says ABCs. This is useful for anyone seeking and wanting to find out more about Jesus and His love for you as an individual. That's all available at our website. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor JD for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.